For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. On 95.5 WSB. Good Saturday morning. You're tuning into Green and Growing. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. Your host, Ashley Frasca, this morning. And I have stepped away for this Saturday, but bringing you a lot of great, interesting people and interviews, things to talk about. One that I have never talked about on the show is woodworking. And art made from trees, the amazing things that could be constructed as we take down some trees and timber and all of that. And it was months ago that I met Lachlan Healy up in Waleska at uh, the Reinhardt College campus. It was a festival at the Funk Heritage Center. And Lachlan, you've come all the way to Midtown Atlanta. Thank you. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me. That was kind of fun meeting you. So I was walking around the festival. I was there for the Cherokee County Master Gardeners and saw your table and was so impressed. You had a mantle, you had cutting boards, you had some other cool things and i just started asking you questions like man what is this stuff what are you doing so how old are you so i'm 17 and where are you from so i was born in uh, ireland but currently me and my two partners are all living up in alpharetta georgia how did you get started in woodworking like at what age what interested you about it so it all kind of started back when i was about 12 or 13 i think my mom was looking for a set of cornhole (laughs) so my dad and i you know we went to home depot got the ryobi drill the sod the cheapest things they have (laughs) got some nice framing lumber put it together, watched some YouTube videos. You know, it wasn't the nicest, wasn't the best, but it was kind of our first project. And I fell in love with it. You know, my dad was making the cuts for me. He was helping me drill and everything, but it was just something I just loved. So I kept going, you know, kept watching YouTube, kept messing up, kept getting reading books and yeah. learning and growing. And eventually I'm here. And work. where do you get the wood from? Like right now I've asked you to bring in some of your stuff and you've got cool cutting boards in front of you, some coasters, but you get your hands on really pretty like pine and oak and what, walnut? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So this is walnut right here with the uh, maple stripes throughout it. So we get all of our dimensional stuff out in Kennesaw. There's this large uh, lumber supplier called Peach State Lumber. Okay. So they do a lot of plywood and framing stuff for large constructing firms, but they got a nice selection of this exotic and um, a lot of domestic woods too. So walnut and maple, for example, they're both coming from the country. So walnut's going to be from the Northwest out in like the Oregon, Washington area. And then maple really grows throughout the country. So all the dimensional stuff's from Peach State, but then this Magnolia board right here, I got from Atlanta Specialty Woods and then Atlanta Barnwood. So there's these two guys, Christian and Mike, they run their own out there. And they do like a lot of their own custom stuff. They do framing, shelving, a lot of tree cutting down and planing and flattening and sawmilling. But they also sell a lot of the stuff they cut up. So this Magnolia board I got out there from Christian at Atlanta Specialty Woods, yeah, I just fell in love with it. It's got like way more striations and stuff in it. Yeah, right. So actually these right here, it's called chatoyancy. So it's it's caused, it's like stress marks from when the yeah. tree is growing. So when it hits these uh, pits and 
branches and different uh, like harder points as it's growing and knots and stuff, it causes the grain to kind of compress a little bit and leaves these ripples. So it's flat, but it looks 3D. Like, especially with the walnut, you pointed to that. It's a much darker, deeper brown. That's not stain. That no, is truly that yeah. color. I love I love the natural wood. I don't, I'm not a big stainer. I kind of like to let the wood do its own thing. So when we're walking out there, I'm not always necessarily planning what I'm going to buy. I just let whatever catches my eye. I love it. Okay, and you mentioned your partners as well who are here with you today. Robbie, what's your last name? Bixler. And you're not from Georgia either. I'm not. Where are you from? Chicago, <laughs> Illinois. Okay, and how do you help Lachlan in the shop? He does, like, the main, like, big cuts and stuff, and then he passes it down to me, and I do, like, the smaller cuts with, um, like, sanding and routing the edges to make it rounder and stuff like that. What if you mess up with a sander? You can't go back and fix it, can you? <laughs> I mean, honestly, you just keep sanding until it looks normal again. <laughs> He's gotten pretty good at it, yeah. <laughs> All right, and Connor's with you, too. Connor, welcome. Thank you. How old are you and where are you from? I'm 17, and I am from Cleveland, Ohio. And you're going to be in charge of sales. Yeah. I mean, this is taken off. Yeah. Like, once um, I met Lachlan, I, you know, followed him on Instagram, Handmade by Healy. Yes, ma'am, yeah. And how else do you get the word out? How are you pounding the pavement for this guy? So, really, I just, like anyone, like, I kind of try and bring up the topic and give him a business card here and there. And just try and get website visits. Yeah. Which also, we'll, we'll send people to our Etsy where they can also buy stuff online. So, try as much as I can just to get site visits. So, you, you all can create the things together and ship them out from the Etsy orders, I guess. Yeah, yeah so we do a lot of the smaller stuff online. The charcuterie boards, like the two you're looking at right here, they uh, they take a little more time, so they're a little more expensive. So we tend to just sell those in person. So we got uh, four events coming up in the next few months, up in Canton, Avalon, out in Roswell for the Irish Festival. And we only really sell those there. But these bottle openers you're looking at right here that are available in walnut, white oak, and maple, and then these coasters, which are kind of just a mix match that we, we you know get little scraps of wood, put them together, plane them out and then finish them with a nice oil blend. These smaller pieces are all available for shipping on our Etsy. Now, what would be the difference in the construction of a charcuterie board versus a cutting board? Because a cutting board is obviously going to take a lot more wear and tear. Yeah, so when I'm constructing a cutting board, I don't do any epoxy. So the epoxy, it's, it's very hard. It's more durable than wood, but I don't, I don't want any shavings or chippings to come off, and it shows those scratches a lot deeper. So when I'm making a cutting board, I'm going to stick to walnut and maple like I am right here. They're, they're much harder woods. Maybe I'll mix in a little white oak, but I try to stay away from those softer woods just to, you know, so it can stay up to the, the normal wear and tear of cutting on. You know, you're buying the wood and the lumber, but you had to learn about the trees that it comes from. And like you said, whether it's soft, whether it's hard, how did you pick up on all that? Are you still learning? Well, I'm definitely still learning, <laughs> um, but I like to ask questions. So I watch a lot of YouTube, watch people on there who definitely know more than I do, read magazines and books. But when I'm out at these lumber suppliers, I like to ask questions like, where is this from? What's this deal? Is it food safe? Is it harder? Is it softer? What's the sawdust kicking off of it? Because a lot of these woods, the sawdust are actually, it's terrible for you. So we have to be wearing masks. But something like a maple, although you shouldn't be breathing it in, it's not uh, as toxic as some other options. So it's, it's just good to ask questions when I'm out there. And Robbie, you working in the shop, you know that, man. Personal yes. protective equipment is very important. Very important, yeah. Have you had any near injuries in the wood shop? Um, <laughs> yeah, I was making some of these bottle openers, and we were using this little scroll saw, and my hand just slipped, and it, like, uh, nicked my thumb a little. Oh, no. But it wasn't too bad. What's your favorite part about woodworking? Just seeing the finished product, like, from, like, one big piece of wood to, like, looking at this and, yeah. like, all the epoxy and everything. It's just super cool, the whole process. Now, Lachlan, I'll ask you too, as you get orders, you know, people find you on Instagram. Again, it's handmade by Healy, and Healy, it's H-E-A-L-Y. Yes, ma'am, right? yeah. 
your website and then going to the Etsy page, do you get a lot of custom requests? Like someone wants a certain look and a certain color of wood. Yeah. So on our website, there's a little page for custom design. So people set up consultations through there and then we kind of plan it out. So one of the things that I like to tell people when I'm at these events is Robbie, Connor, and I will drive out to Peach State Lumber. We'll drive out to Kennesaw. We won't make you go out there. We'll go out. We'll take photos of these pieces. We'll send you them. We'll stay out there, grab lunch or something. Let you send us a response back, and then we'll get exactly what you want. And then we we walk through every step with our customers. So we have a huge focus on these custom pieces for sure. It's not like you can take a mantle around with you, but that's (laughs) one of the larger things that you make. Yeah. And you posted a video recently where, I mean, you're having to drill the hardware in there, and you're having to make sure it's going to mount safely and stay on someone's wall. Like, what's involved in the aspect past the wood with all the hardware and stuff? That sounds tricky. Yeah, so well, I'm glad you saw that video because Robbie's kind of like our social media guy. He cuts those up and makes them. But uh, the deal with the mantles is they're huge. They're incredibly heavy. So both of the pieces, are, we've done a few mantles now, but we sourced them all from one place, Atlanta Specialty Wood, out in uh, Kennesaw. Christian, he's got these huge reclaimed lumber selection. He takes down these old barns, old timber places, wow. old tobacco farms, stuff like that. And he uh, kiln dries the wood and then leaves it out. So when I get it, it's already nice and dry. It's ready to go. And then we take it from there. So it's this huge rough piece. Maybe it's a railroad tie. Maybe it's a uh, piece of a roof in an old tobacco farm. Like the one we're working on right now, it's over 100 years old. Oh my so gosh. the tree grew for about probably 160. It's a piece of white oak. So Christian knows the stories behind the wood sometimes? Yeah, yeah. He's incredibly knowledgeable. Um, so he he's the one that will go in there and dry him out and everything. Um, and then he'll, he'll kind of transfer the story onto us so we can tell our clients. So the one we're working on right now is this huge white oak beam from an old tobacco farm. You can see the uh, huge notches in it, the mortise and tenons from where the beams were fitting into it, where they were actually holding the roof up. So we're working with about 300-pound piece of wood right now. So every time i got to flip that, I need one of these guys here to help it. Kind of our specialty right now that we're trying to move into is these epoxy custom mantles. So we get these huge reclaimed beams, traditionally white oak or pine maybe, but white oak's a lot harder, so they were using that back in the day a lot more. Um, and they're all cut up, and there's wormholes, and the cracks are huge from all the weathering, and they're gray and nasty. We take them, and we sand them down, and then we create a mold, and we fill it with epoxy. Oh. So we fill all the cracks with epoxy, and then that takes months, because it takes about three to four days to dry epoxy. So we pour it in the cracks, let it dry, and then flip it, and then pour, and then flip it, and then pour, and then flip it. But the wood's sucking it up as it goes, so it takes weeks and weeks and weeks. And then once we're done with that, we pop the molds off, and then start sanding. And the sanding is just grueling. Robbie's great at that. That's kind of his thing. But we just get there, pop a YouTube video on the TV, maybe put some music on a podcast, and we just grind it out. And then once we're done with that, we sand it down, we drill holes in the back, and then we, uh, there's this company online that we kind of work with. They're called Shepherd Brackets, and they make these huge mantle brackets. So it's about a half-inch piece of steel, and it's got these uh, three-quarter-inch metal steel rods coming out of them that are welded on. And we just drill these holes like you saw in that video in the back of it, and then about a half-inch recess that's about three inches tall throughout the whole back of the mantle. And then we just screw that metal piece into the wall, and then the mantle will just slide right on top of it. Wow. So these things can hold 100 pounds per uh, stud that we use. We use five-inch deck screws, so they're, they're in there solid. But, yeah, you're right. Like They're incredibly heavy. They're incredibly dangerous. So we make sure to put a lot of, uh, a lot of safety aspects into the hanging of them. Oh my gosh, that's that's an interesting process. Mantles, as you heard Lachlan mention, cutting boards, charcuterie boards are becoming such a big thing. As you walked through our newsroom with that charcuterie <laughs> board, it only got some attention. Bottle openers, coasters. Lachlan, we met up in Waleska months ago at an arts and crafts festival, 
And you're going to be doing a lot more of those with the wood that you are woodworking, handmade, a lot of really cool products and stuff. Do you want to tell people where you're going to be coming up at this fall? On the 22nd, uh, tomorrow, we're going to be up at Avalon, up in Alpharetta. They do a great uh, craft show about every month. They got a little green area in the middle there in front of the movie theater. They got a bunch of crafts there, but we're really the only woodworking uh, vendor at a lot of these places we go to. Then on the 4th of November, we're going to be at Irish Festival. So the Irish Festival is the first one I did last year. So my dad knows the person who runs it. You know, we did great there. It's a great community. Is it Roswell? Yeah, it's on Canton Street. Yeah. Yeah, so it's right back there. So that was my first spot last year. So this 4th is going to mark one year of selling. And then in December... We're going to be back at Avalon on the 2nd. It's the Christmas market, so they're going to have the roads closed down. We're going to be over by the hotel a little more. It's a huge festival. That one's going to be crazy for sure. I mean, people love their fairs and festivals this time of year, and I'm thinking Christmas gifts, as you mentioned. They don't have to wait till December 2nd, though. You can see Lachlan before that, and I'm glad you came on the show to talk about this stuff on my social media. I'm definitely going to have pictures of some of the stuff you guys have brought in. Follow me on Facebook. It's Green and Growing WSB. And Connor, since you're kind of running point and sales and trying to get the word out there, uh, what's the website for us to order stuff on? Website is uh, handmadebyhealy.com. That is H-E-A-L-Y. We recently just redid the website, and now we have kind of a custom page where you can request to meet with us. We got our origin story, and then we also have a link to our Etsy where you can buy our online bottle openers and coasters. And you're talking about, too, y'all trying to maybe pound the pavement and get some clients with some volume, right? Like not one mantle. Maybe we want to sell 20 of them. Yeah, that's that's definitely the end goal. That would be sweet. It's going to be a long process, though. The patience, like you said, that you have working with the epoxy and all that, this stuff doesn't happen overnight. No, for sure. (laughs) And Robbie, you're a good man doing videos and stuff for social media. Where are you guys big on social media? So we're big on Instagram. It's also handmade by Healy. And on our Instagram, we always post updates of like what we're making, a process of what we're making. So I just recently just posted a video of us making a mantle. And then I'm in the process of making a video about one of our charcuterie boards. We also post like the dates for our next shows and stuff and where you guys can see us and links to all our websites and Etsy's are all on there too. You can find everything handmade by Healy is all you need to remember. H-E-A-L-Y. Lachlan, I'd be remiss if I let you go without asking you like your favorite tree, your favorite wood to work with. I got to go with walnut. You yeah. know, it's my favorite. It's just so rich and dark. People ask me if it's stained all the time. It's just the natural beauty of it for sure. And then have you taken time or had any time, you probably haven't, to go out and really visit forests and look at the trees as they are? It's funny. When we're walking in restaurants and different locations, we look at the tree. Oh, that's white oak. That's walnut. We, oh, that's chatoyancy. Look, look at the spalting in this table. You know what I mean? We're like old men. It's hilarious. My, my family laughs at me all the time. We're, we're commentating on what the wall is made out of, and we're only 17. <laughs> now, when everyone's so into that shiplap fad, doing stuff on their walls, what kind of wood is that? Do you know? It's probably just pine, construction grade, and then okay. painted. Do um, you work with pine a lot? Well, pine's a softer wood. It's pretty cheap. So... If I'm making like a, a skeleton for something that's going to have a nicer wood on top or something like that, it's pretty strong and cheap, so I use it for that. But it's not as pretty as these things I have in front of me right here. So, yeah. And y'all are going to see those. Again, go to my Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB. you got to see this. I'll even throw it up on the website too, wsbradio.com slash green and growing. Lachlan Healy and Robbie and Connor, thank you guys so much for being here today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having no us. Thank you. And you got to stay tuned coming up just after 8.30. My visit to Camp Southern Ground in Fayetteville, Georgia. What it means for families, kids, and veterans next on 95.5 WSB.
Plants Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. On 95.5 WSB. Hey, welcome back. And as you have probably figured out by now, I am off today. And it's been a while since one of my field trips, a favorite part of hosting this show, getting out there and learning from people with a passion, meeting some incredible folks, and bringing the stories back to you. Camp Southern Ground was founded by Grammy Award-winning artist Zach Brown, single purpose of putting more good into the world. And during the summer months, Camp Southern Ground is an inclusive residential camp serving kids, and for the remainder of the year, it becomes a place where veterans and their families find community, direction, and purpose. I was fortunate enough to visit Camp Southern Ground during Warrior Week, and I want to introduce you to some folks doing some incredible things for our veterans. Where else would I rather be but down in Fayetteville at Camp Southern Ground? A lot of you may not even know Camp Southern Ground is here, but I'm here today with Brent Taylor, who you've heard on the show before. Hello. Hello. It's happy to be here. So a coordinator, you do veterans programs, outreach as well. Where do you have me right now? We are right now in the middle of our organic garden. It's where we get the majority of our food that we actually feed to the campers and the participants that come to our program. And this is pretty busy place 12 months out of the year when you're not doing summer camp programs for kids what benefit do the veterans have here oh man we've got all kinds of great stuff that benefit the veteran population out here we've got uh, our programs that we run the warrior week program which is personal professional development they come out here we not only feed them really well from the garden but we also have a lot of fun in doing some games work that we do we do stuff as far as uh, learning about your skills just basically learning why you're worth a million bucks and warrior week happens eight times a year and they are here for an entire week that's right. They're here for a whole week. We bring them in on a Monday. Uh, it's all expenses paid. So whenever they get here, uh, it's usually flown in. We pick them up from the airport, bring them in, roll out the red carpet, and then just just have as much fun as we can during the week. But it really all is with a mission in mind because we're, we're definitely here to have fun and we want to have a lot of social time. We also know that like we're here to make a difference in one another's life. So uh, it's just a great place to be able to connect with one another and just just keep going. And in your role in outreach, Brent, how do you find veterans that truly need this help and would benefit from this, but they don't know about it? That's a great question. Uh, I would say that the veteran population as a whole mostly works off of word of mouth. So uh, I have a big job in that I have to talk to a lot of veterans. I have to talk to a lot of people and to help them understand what we do here because I know the impact that it made on me coming out of service and then being able to learn about myself because uh, as you and I were talking earlier, I came out of the Marine Corps and went into the defense industry and somehow made it into nonprofit world uh, trying to impact other veterans lives I mean if I had not gone through this program and been able to have it laid out in front of me all of the the strengths and the things that make me unique if I hadn't had that kind of illustrated in front of me I think I would have kept myself in that small box and so now that I've you know been able to stretch my arms out a little bit more and break out of that box I think that I just really want that for as many people as I can give it to out there and that's what we do here well and you said you talk to a lot of veterans it's also about earning their trust right big time big time I would say that in the veteran population 
trust is a big part of who we are. And unfortunately, there are some places out there that aren't necessarily the greatest for veterans. And what we do here is a little bit different, being that it's not catch and release. Once you come here, you're part of what it is we do here. You're basically family. We're, we're not going to let you go is what I'm trying to say. Uh, we're here for forever. We've got people who have been through our program almost five years ago who have just now brought back their families or during the kids camp they'll bring back their kids and their kids come through the kids camp this is just a unique place in that we don't just love on the veteran we love on their whole family and so we're in the garden and it's fall so things are winding down but you do have cover crops nitrogen fixers as you mentioned hibiscus which you pointed out to me i didn't know for tea um but who maintains this is it volunteer it's a it's a mixture of people. I've got to give a shout out to Farmer Larry. Farmer Larry is probably the the coolest gardener I've ever met outside of you, of course. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but uh, Farmer Larry, he, you know, he volunteers his time to be able to come out here. I, I wouldn't even be able to to give you an idea on what kind of impact that that means. But this place was just a bunch of dirt and trees before he came out here, and it took him a couple years working to make this soil into something that was going to produce what we have but because of those efforts like I said before almost 90% of the food that we eat here comes directly from our organic garden and a large part of that is because of the people who invest their time and their energy into what it is we have here. Grown with love. Grown with love yeah we have a saying here that uh, love is the remedy whether that be love from the food or the people or just the material stuff that you learn, we, we definitely believe that more love is a good thing. Wonderful tour of the garden. Still saw some okra, cherry tomatoes, and we've got Lacey Gano with us this afternoon as well. Lacey, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for being here. Good afternoon. So as we walked out of the gardens, you came up with some really good metaphors. Because my question was, do any of the veterans get to come outside and dig in the dirt and kind of go to that therapeutic place and how important that is? Super important. Brent and I have adopted this quote where it's much better to be the warrior in the garden than a gardener at war. Well, we have veterans coming in through these gates. They need to set down their weapons, even though they're still a warrior, and learn how they're going to grow their garden in the civilian space. What weeds do we need to take out? What do we need to grow? What do we need to invest in and nourish to grow in our lives? And we were just talking about being in survival mode and getting the mission done and being deployed and making things happen. Where when you come through those gates, we have created a space where you, all the things in your hands, your laden burden that you're carrying, you can set it down and allow your hands to pick up what you want to take with you. And the garden is a great metaphor where Brent takes these veterans out, does an activation where they're throwing axes, like they're feeling like warriors again. And then they have to sheath those axes because you've transitioned. You're no longer in the uniform. You've lost a piece of your identity. You don't get to shoot at things anymore. And then they have to pick up a stone. It's heavy. It's a different type of burden. This transition into the unknown of the space I'm going into takes them to the labyrinth, to this maze, to be able to take a journey on their own and come out different and set that thing in the middle, walk out different. Then he challenges them and takes them actually to the garden to grow something. And he still gives them, I think, the acorns where we all know there's a thousand oaks in one acorn. I think about this veteran and their family 
if they're not married yet or they have kids at home that want the best version of themselves. That's the garden we want them to go and invest in and to grow. So they go into the garden, they learn how to, to grow, how to weed, and Larry does an outstanding job of explaining that. Everything's a metaphor here, so you can take it home to impact their families, to impact their communities, and profoundly change the world, which is what we do at Camp Southern Ground. Y'all are the right people in the right places, no doubt, here at Camp Southern Ground, but how do you draw all of that up? I mean, it's from your own experiences, you and Brent both being veterans as well. Like, those metaphors are so clever, yet so deep and impactful, too. Yeah, it's super impactful, and we have world-class facilitators whether it is Brent doing all the facilitation, our lead facilitator, because he's been there, he's done it, he's lived it, he is that. It's not what we do. Now that scares off all of the other birds. There are no birds here right now. They do not eat our food, right? But he is a lead facilitator for a reason. He's done this in and out of the uniform, so that's why he is here. Um, Megan Murphy, our program manager, she's been married to a Marine, which is probably the only thing harder than being a Marine. And so she is there, and she is the program manager. We just brought on Rob Weaver, who we allowed on the team, even though he's a Navy guy, with almost 30 years of service. It's not what we do. It's who we are. It's the culture that trumps the strategy, any strategy out there. And that, I think, is fibered into the DNA of who we are at Camp Southern Ground. And I think that's what makes it magical and meaningful. And that's why metaphors stick, is because they're not just saying it. They're connecting a story to a story that lived it. And from farm to table, or more literally garden to kitchen, now meet Collins Woods, Camp Southern Ground's executive chef, and Jonathan Walker, who's the food service director. What fun jobs these guys have. Here at Camp Southern Grounds, this is really exciting. So, Collins, you are the head chef, the be-all, end-all, serving this wonderful, delicious food to summer camp kids, veterans here for Warrior Week. What is your job like? It is incredible. First of all, me and my team would be nothing without the team. Like I have an incredible team full of, you know, first rate people who do what they do. We like, we're, we're a collaborative team. We love what we do. Um, so it's great to have a good team. And so when Zach found out this place um, and our board, health and nutrition is so important that we have our own organic garden. It's a 12 acre garden where we produce um, our own organic produce for a lot that we do for the kids, for the veterans, and we even have like a fall and winter harvest for all of our corporate events that we do throughout time. So nutrition is is huge and important what we do. Um, and our veterans, we do a little bit more for them than we do the kids. The kids, you know, have like a piggy dad, but you'd be surprised. Like, like they ask what our secret is here. Like, how'd you get my kid to eat broccoli? And I was like, well, you know, our secret ingredient is love, but we also use a little bit of butter too. You and I are smiling because I just asked you, I was like, oh, I bet the summer camp kids are like so picky. All they want is frozen chicken nuggets, but the veterans are so grateful. And you're like, yeah, sometimes it's the other way around. Yep. Sometimes they can be a little picky too. And it's just, you know, creature habits, but I love seeing kids and veterans come in and, you know, they come from so many different ways and walks of life. But um, when they come in and they just feel the love and they see like the produce coming out of the garden and they're trying things for the first time. And it's just a part of the experience eating together, breaking bread with one another, and just love. And how much of a say do you get over what's grown in the garden? Like, if you really liked your eggplant dishes, do you get to say, plant more eggplant? Absolutely. So our head farmer, Larry Dove, he's a local farmer. Farmer Larry. Yeah, Farmer Larry. <laughs> he and Jonathan and I will sit down and talk about what worked, what didn't work. The kids don't like this, but hey, we were able to fit it in there. The veterans like this. So we sit down and work together on what we plant and harvest from the garden. So it's it's a beautiful relationship. And Collins, where did you get this knack for like, I love cooking for a ton of people. This is a challenge. I love it. It started in my kitchen at home. 
our living room was our kitchen. We did life in our kitchen, and there's always something stewing on the stove. Whether it's at home or going to my grandparents' house, I could just expect to walk in to just being hit with the aroma, just the family time and the meals. And so my love for food and community started at a young age. And then I've been formally trained. I went to St. Johnson Wells University, got my culinary degree. But it's all the experiences I've had through life with family, with friends, you know, working big events, like cooking for just big parties, just like all of it's kind of just giving birth to my love and passion for what we do here. Well, and all the memories made here at Camp Southern Ground, too, people are going to have that association, like you said, of breaking bread. And man, that was the best tomato sauce I've ever had or hibiscus tea. And that is a nod to you that it was a memorable meal. It's a treat. What we get to eat here is the experience that people have and get to take back to their their families and friends and just go to carry it forward. So we're the lucky ones here. Jonathan, I'm putting you on the spot. What's going on? What do you do down here? Well, I'm the food service director at Camp Southern Ground. What's your favorite part of working in this amazing kitchen and this amazing facility? Having an incredible facility in and of itself is huge because we have every tool imaginable um, and also just the team. We Four of us that started here when camp opened, we're, we're all still here playing to each other's strengths. You know, we kind of through the years have gotten to know, oh, well, so-and-so could do that. Chef Chris could do that. Sharita could do this. Um, so just the teamwork aspect, very much a family. Um, we look after each other. Also just knowing that the groups that we're serving are very deserving of that. Um, and it definitely helps. Kitchens can be a rather thankless environment to work in. So this is probably the first time I've felt super appreciated and the ability to get, feel like you're giving back. Gardening with a purpose and truly changing lives one meal at a time. My thanks to the guys at Camp Southern Ground. If you want to donate or become more involved in some of their programs, just go on their website, campsouthernground.org. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. I had such a great time on today's show introducing you to some fantastic people and the show will be podcasted up on the website wsbradio.com slash green and growing or anywhere where you get your podcast. You can find me on Spotify, Google Play and all of those places. Green, green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right. Number one, don't worry about some of those summer weeds in your lawn. Don't spray them. They'll be dying soon. If you're bagging leaves, nope, save yourself some time. Rake them into beds and around trees. They're free mulch, plus some critters and insects and pollinators tend to overwinter in those leaf piles. Number two, fragrant fall flowers to consider this time of year, and it's not too late to plant them. Sisanqua, camellia, tea olive, trumpet honeysuckle, and sweet autumn clematis. Now is a great time to plant all of those. And number three, growing pumpkins. Well, you've done well so far. Keep them mulched to keep the weeds out and scout for squash bugs and vine borers. It is best, though, to avoid insecticides because remaining flowers on the vines need pollinators. I so love this time of year. And also don't forget to visit the Georgia Forestry Commission's website, gatrees.org. If you missed Seth Hawkins' update on the Georgia Leaf Watch, you can always find it on the Georgia Forestry Commission site. If you're planning a trip to North Georgia, North Carolina, anywhere in the mountains, it's really going to be interesting to go armed with the information of what the fall color is that you're seeing, what the trees are that are showing out the most. And we still have at least a week or two before they're predicting it to be peak leaf color. So thank you so much to everyone who participated in today's show. I hope all of you have a great weekend. No Georgia Dogs football. They have a bye week, but I know you're going to have a great weekend anyways. Take care, and I'll talk to you Monday morning during Triple Team Traffic in Atlanta's Morning News.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.